everybody runs out of California when we have an earthquake, and then they all run back when they realize they ran toward tornadoes and hurricanes and everything. <laughs> Ice storms. All the yeah. other bad stuff that people have every year. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I, I actually try to talk after the Northridge quake. Try to talk a couple of my friends out of not moving, because it, it once it was settled, it was settled. It didn't happen again. You know, we have little quakes, um, and to us, anything under a four is nothing. Um, <laughs> So, I was like, you know, you're heading toward where they have stuff all the time. We live on a seismic planet. They didn't listen. They left. <laughs> <laughs> they came back. <laughs> That's the best part. I love it. I know. I know. It's really funny. But I tried. I tried. That's one thing, being a native. I mean, my first quake was when I was nine. Yeah, and my memory of it is my mother crying to my father, get a transfer, get a transfer. <laughs> so when, that's when we found out about the stuff that happens in other parts of the country. <laughs> there's, there's always something somewhere, right? There's never a place that doesn't have something. Yeah, this is a living planet. It's a seismic planet. It's always it's always happening. There's always something happening somewhere. Got to get used to it. Accept it. <laughs> yep. Because running away does nothing. Just takes you to a different kind of something. Yeah, and it costs a lot of money to move. It's very hard. Um, and you lose stuff, and you break stuff, and... Moving's really hard. I've moved a lot of times in my life. You don't want to do that unless you really, really want to do that. <laughs> um, I'm going to change the conversation just a little. Um, as an author, what is your favorite kind of book? Do you have a, a genre that you like? I read pretty much everything. Um, I've probably read the most science fiction and fantasy, but I've read straight mysteries, and I love romance, and I love just everything, because I I learn from just everything and enjoy reading. I just love to read, really, so everything. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm an everything girl, too. I am. I love... There are a few books I don't like, I have to admit. I, I will support everybody in whatever you do. I am supportive of all writers. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to read everything. Um, <laughs> I don't read horror books. I, I'm not a fan of horror. I like thrillers, but I don't like horror. And with all due respect, I don't like books about war. <laughs> Those are the two things I don't like to read about. Other than that, pretty much anything. Love everything. Um, from hyster hysterical, historical, hysterically historical. <laughs> uh, from historical to science fiction to fantasy. I love, I mean, really, I'm a, I, I think the first thing I hooked onto was mysteries, though. I love 
Agatha Christie and Ellery Queen and Dorothy Sayers and Sherlock Holmes. So you don't, it's so weird. You say everybody else by the author name, but you always say Sherlock Holmes by Sherlock Holmes instead of Arthur Conan Doyle. I'm not sure why. And it even just popped out of my mouth. And I was just, wait, wait, I said everybody else by the author name. Except Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Yeah, it's, I think he's, it's just well known, more well known that way. Do you think that Sherlock is more powerful than Arthur? I think it's the, such a strong character, and because so much of it, so much of it's gone public domain. And so much has been written about Sherlock that that is just more recognizable than Arthur Conan Doyle. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I was saying all these authors, and then all of a sudden I got to Sherlock Holmes, and I said, Sherlock Holmes, I went, wait, why did I do that? <laughs> it's, maybe it's kind of like Star Wars, where there's a ton of people who've done movies, done the books, done, but it's the Star Wars conglomerate. It's the Star Wars universe. Yeah, or Star Trek too. Star Trek's like that mm-hmm. too. It's just that mm-hmm. weird thing. Yeah, I was watching um, they've been having a special about um, it's called The Center Seat and it talks about the origin of Star Trek and and how everything worked out and how it became a TV series and then the animated and then the movies and all that stuff. And one part I love, because I love her, is that if it wasn't for Lucille Ball, Star Trek and Mission Impossible would never have been, because she went by her gut and ignored all the suits around her, telling her not to uh, okay it. <laughs> really? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She was very. She was a very bright lady. She did not come up with Desi Lou. Desi actually came up with Desi Lewis. She left all that to him until they got divorced. But after they were divorced, she became the C- CEO of, and the president and all that, of um, Desi Lewis Productions, which by the time they were divorced and Desi sold back his um, interest in the company, uh, it was really a conglomerate. You know, it had hundreds of shows, uh, all happening under the Desilu banner. I mean, if, if you grew up in the 60s, 70s, or 80s, you saw Desilu all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the weirdest thing is seeing an episode of one of Lucy's shows and then seeing her do a board meeting where she, oh, yeah. the real Lucy's there, the highly intelligent <laughs> woman instead of the crazy redhead from all the TV shows. It's quite fascinating. It's like a split personality thing. <laughs> wow, that would be. But, um, but, yeah, so that was one of those things I thought was really interesting, because I'm a big Star Trek fan, that, um, yeah, uh, Desi uh, did the untouchables against, what everybody said he should do and Lucy did Mission Impossible and Star Trek against what everybody said and those three shows became multi-million dollar vehicles 
Huh? Just so not everybody knows everything, right? Go with your gut. Yep. Listen to your instinct. But it's also, it took intelligence to say, hey, I want to make money for my studio, and this is the way I see it, and my instinct says it's good. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of times our going with our gut really is our brain making those leaps in logic that we just can't articulate, but actually are there. Sometimes not. Sometimes you're just going with a feeling, and it's totally off of nothing. But I think a lot of times it's actually logic you just can't articulate but you've seen all the points coming together to make something that's true uh, and that's that makes that makes a lot of sense and the thing is that we don't understand our own brains so yeah that makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> really how often do you understand the way your own brain comes to a conclusion i don't oh no <laughs> it's like where did that come from you know, why am I doing this? And then you're going because you're you you you're following your gut. And mm -hmm. but you you like the leaps of logic like you said, it's it's like, you know, we only know what's happening in 10% of our brains. So that 90% has to be controlling these leaps of logic. Don't you think? Yeah. I think we're a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for. I think so, too. So, who is your favorite author? Do you have one? I have so many. <laughs> so many. Um, so, Ilona Andrews. I love everything that she writes. Um, and she's kind of an urban fantasy or his, alternate historical stuff. I don't know if you read her stuff, but mm -hmm. love all of that. Um, for for mysteries, I love like Dick Francis. Oh God, uh, classic. Yeah, old old old, old <laughs> 1920s, I think, isn't it? <laughs> long, I don't know, long time ago. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, there's just so many. That's hard to like. There's so many. <laughs> I know. I have that same problem because I. It's like if somebody asks me what my favorite movie is, I can't. Because I can do it if you tell me, ask me, what's your favorite fantasy, or what's your favorite science fiction movie, or what's your favorite comedy, or what's your favorite rom-com. That I can do it. But if you say, what's your favorite movie, it's like, uh, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on the day. Like, I'll always, almost always say Princess Bride as a general overall. But, yeah, there's so many like I'm not always in the mood to watch The Princess Bride although yep. The Men in Black how can you not love that right yeah yeah I love both my favorite I think you're going to think I'm such a weird person I love Somewhere in Time with uh, Christopher Reeve and Jane uh, Seymour and Christopher Plummer it's one of my all time favorite movies it's just it's sad but it's beautiful and it's romantic and it's a time travel story um it has all these elements. <laughs> and people don't actually know it. It's so strange. I mean, it's like a cult thing. Um but it's it's funny there was there's a club for fans of it. Um because because it was so pretty much unknown. Um but Jane Seymour and 
the late wonderful Christopher Reeve when he was alive and the late wonderful Christopher Plummer when he was alive and all the other actors who were in it used to come to their weekends and support it. Oh, cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, this is not... I mean, it was a multi-million dollar movie because it was Universal. It was a major studio. But it not... It wasn't a... It wasn't a hit. It was really... It actually DVD and um, VHS and cable is what made this movie popular because people, you know, they're changing channels and, oh, this is interesting, you know. I always find cult stuff much more fascinating than the mainstream. <laughs> awesome. Do you, do you have anything like that that's just not quite, you know, you have to actually explain it to someone? <laughs> because they never heard of it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, kind of, it's sort of, kind of. It's more of, I do Tai Chi, uh -huh. and so most people don't immediately grasp that it's a martial art, but if I always say, you know, in the movies when they do the really slow martial art on either in the park or on the beach at sunset, then people can picture what it is, mm -hmm. so kind of. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I like Tai Chi. I'm more of a yoga girl, though, to be honest. I cannot do yoga. It hurts my hands and, like, my all my joints for some reason. But I can do Tai Chi all day long. Well, that's because it's very gentle. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's a martial art, but it's a very gentle martial art. It, it is. Depends on how you do it. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. I'm not connecting <laughs> with another human being when I'm doing it. I'm just doing the movements. <laughs> yes. I'll have to come, have you come out here and we'll, we'll do some connecting. <laughs> okay, sounds cool. Um, when, when did you start writing? Were you a child or were, uh, or, or did it come later in college or how did you start writing? So I did the high school thing and a little bit in college and then gave it up for a long time and about seven years or so ago I had a kind of a hiatus a couple months off of work where I wrote a uh, wrote a novel in 30 days kind of a thing and it was very cathartic because I was angry at a lot of people at the time and that one will never see the light of day probably but then I just kept going because I remembered how much I loved it well that's interesting yeah there's something about never get an author mad Okay, so this is a really good rule of thumb because what will happen is you could end up being a victim of a killer or you can become the killer or, um, you can, you, you know, you don't, you just don't do it. Just, just be nice. <laughs> um, I've had a few supervisors from ex-employers that became, they probably ne don't know, they'll never read it, um, but I had some of them actually become part of my novels in ways that they wouldn't please them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my bad guy at the time was very much the person I was most mad at, and it was so satisfying for the main character, it was a murder mystery, it was so kind of a thriller. 
And so it was so satisfying for the main character to take the bad guy down. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I actually took one person who was really nasty to me at one of my offices and made her into the killer. And I made her, well, she wasn't totally, in my opinion, sane, but I made her, like, maniac level. <laughs> wow. I yep. built upon it on her normal section of uh, not normalness and made her wacko. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was great. It was cathartic. (laughs) I got all of it out of me. That's one thing about being a writer. You get all the anger out. Poof. (laughs) Yeah. Great. You don't even have to pay for a psychiatrist. (laughs) Yeah. You just, you just like, uh, another thing is, uh, are you're having, you're, you're really frustrated with something that's happening, you know, some part of your life you're not happy with. So you put it somehow into, because I don't, I write short stories, play, radio plays, plays, and novels. So I write all kinds of different things. And sometimes life gets into, well, well, not what am I saying sometimes? All the time life gets into your books and your work and your writing and your plays and all that. Um, and I was working on a radio play, and I, w- I did a sequel, and one of the actors said, oh, my God, Sherry, what is happening? Is something bad happening to you? <laughs> that was a really good play. But yeah, that's awesome. It was it was a difficult time in my life, so that was pretty much right on. But um, but yeah, it, it's like I said, cheaper than a psychiatrist. <laughs> yep. And it goes away because of it. Whatever anger you're harboring goes poof once you get it out. <laughs> yeah, it's very healthy. I I think we should recommend it to all the different psychological things. Start have everybody start writing. (laughs) Or at least much better than doing the bad thing, right? Exactly. Be creative. Uh, Paint. um, uh, Do sculpture. um, (laughs) You know all these different ways that you can get all that horrible stuff that you have there out of you. And, you know, sooner or later, all of it will just go poof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and save a fortune, too. Whatever way. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, I have a silly mind. I just, But it's true. I, I mean, I don't know if you feel that way, but I do. When I'm writing and it's cathartic, you get all that stuff out. Yeah, it definitely helps. Um, now we're going to talk about what you're here for. Um, first, how did you find out about the writers and illustrators of the future? Uh, one of the writing groups that I'm part of had pointed out the contest. It's one of the few contests out there that has no entry fee mm-hmm. and has a really great prize, right? The, the yeah. first place for one quarter is $1,000, and they do for four quarters a year, 
and the overall winner is a $5,000 prize. That's a huge prize to not have any sort of an entry fee. And it's for a short story. It's not even for like a novel. It's for short stories. And you can enter and enter and enter until you either become their definition of a pro by having uh, at least three pro sales to a certain number of readers, or you can enter and enter and enter until you win. And so that is so, it was just such a great contest that you can enter every quarter and you can, you never have to give them money. And it was just a cool contest. And so I started entering it and then, you know, however many years later, it's probably a couple of years that I entered pretty much every quarter and was getting silver honorable mentions and honorable mentions. And all of a sudden they got this first place, which is so cool. That is so cool. Congratulations. You must be so over the moon. Oh yeah. The whole experience was amazing because it's not just the money. They then flew us out to LA and put us in a hotel and they paid and they had a whole workshop that was a week long and they brought author, authors in to teach us and they had a whole gala that was just amazing and they did hair and makeup and it was so overwhelming and incredible and I have these huge trophies that are just massive like small toddlers in my house now <laughs> and they're beautiful and it was amazing. That's great. And um, so so who were your authors that were teaching you? Uh, Dave Farland and Tim Powers were our main ones. Jodin Lynn Nye came. And there were several that I'm not going to remember off the top of my head and I'm going to feel really bad about. But we had a bunch of people come. Todd McCaffrey came and um, just a bunch of people. And Tody Weissman from Bain came and talked to us a little bit about publishing with Bain. I mean, it was it was an incredible experience. There were so many great, amazing people. And it's not just the author side, it's also the illustrator side, which we didn't get to see a lot from the author side, but all these great artists and yeah, so amazing. That's super cool. Did So what did you think of the, I mean, I know how the illustrator, you, you get to see your illustration, you walk into the room and yeah and you find your illustrator. Were you excited? Were you shocked? How did you feel about who did your work? Um, mine was like the first one on the table. And so I walked up, looked at it, and was like, that is mine. That is obviously the picture for my story. Um, and I started to take a step past. I was like, no, no, this, this really is mine. <laughs> uh, Will was my artist, and he wasn't there because he was – uh, he came later, but I met him later, and he just did a phenomenal job depicting one of the scenes from my story, which was so cool to have an artist take my story and make something amazing visually out of it. There were just beautiful, because I, then I went around and saw all the other art pieces, and they were beautiful and uh, intricate and scary and just evoking so much emotion from each of the stories that it was just amazing to see. That's cool. And did you, um, so when you found out that you won the grand prize, what happened? <laughs> well, first I sat in my seat for a minute and couldn't figure out that they really had called my name because I had convinced myself it wasn't going to be me. <laughs> I've heard that we, before. Uh, we <laughs> each other. 
the other first place people at the table and I teased each other that we were all going to, you know, get up on the table and arm wrestle about who was going to get to go up. And then they, I was convinced it wasn't me. And then they called my name and I sat there for a second and was just stunned. And then they did the cry thing because apparently I get overwhelmed emotionally and cry, which it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing. It's like you hear Oscar winners or Emmy winners or Tony or Grammy, and they say it's like you're out of your body. Is that the way it felt? Um, it, it was almost the opposite. I felt so much in my body, but so excited that it just bleaked out my eyes. It was so Aww. overwhelming. That's a sweet way to put it. <laughs> um, it leaked out of your body. I like that. Uh, that's cute. Um, so, um, could you give the full name and the number of the book of um, the Writers of the Future that you're in? Yeah, it's the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. I'm in volume 37, and it just published in November. Did you get a sign them? Yes. Was that, that cool? Was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> We had just tables up, and so we would flip to our story, and the illustrators would go to their illustrations and sign. Um, like I did my my signature, my author signature, and then also a little blurb about Believe Your Sixth Sense, because my story is about the sixth sense, well, kind of. So, yeah. Yes, that's, I think doing a signing is the weirdest, most interesting, and coolest thing an author can do. <laughs> yeah, especially so many. Like to do, to sign so many, because we signed uh, maybe 100 or 150 books all in a group, and that was a lot for somebody who's never been published and never had a big signing and never, you know, done that, never been published traditionally anyway. I'm a, I do self-publish, indie publish, and so that was a lot to sign. It was awesome. And my first signing was um, at a Xena convention. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, my book was, um, uh, I, I I didn't, you know, it had nothing to do with the show, so I was like, they, they had like a book section, and it had, um, uh, uh, I, I wrote fan fiction, but they had a section for people who write fan fiction who published uh, a book that had you know that a regular book and so i i said well i have about 15 books out there but i don't think you know it has nothing they said go get it <laughs> good <laughs> it was in my trunk because i was going to go to some places and you when you want to like get your book into a library or to something, you have to bring the copy of the book with you, and then you have to give them a copy of your book, which hurts. Mm -hmm. um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had a whole bunch in the trunk of my car, and that was, good. that was my first book, so I was doing everything it said that you're supposed to do. And But I, I brought all of them, all that I had. It was like 15. And, yeah, it was really cool. I was signing with people that were really well-known um, authors. Um, so kind of freaked me out a little. That's great. I love it. Um, 
the other thing that you find out is that people know you if you're go to a convention and they suddenly find out that you're a fan fiction writer. <laughs> and I was um, the one of the people who became an author and a screenwriter from fan fiction for Xena. Her name is Melissa Good, and she was at the convention. And I had become friendly with her online, and we met at the convention. It was my first pretty – it wasn't my first Xena convention, but it was my first Xena convention as a fan fiction writer. And so okay. I actually, you know, was – I was just sitting there with her and a bunch of other people, and suddenly Missy goes, you know, she writes fan fiction too. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at her. Yeah, she's uh, Reed, the uh, bard. The uh, she writes fan fiction. I'm like, cute. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that's you know, all of a sudden you have all these people coming. Oh, you you're Reed. Oh my God! And they all come around you. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> so suddenly you're not just a fan. Yeah, it's it's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's what happened in a way for you when you won. Yeah, yeah, it was way overwhelming to to be a first place winner in the first place, which sounds reciprocal and convoluted, but then to be the grand prize was way way overwhelming because all of a sudden there were more pictures and more fuss and just so exciting. Well, I, I think it's great. And I just want to say congratulations again. Thank you. Um, we're coming to the end. I, are you on social media? And what would your handle be on social media? Yes. Uh, I'm, I have a couple. Let me think. <laughs> Easiest is the website. It's just barbaralund.com. And the, the books that I have indie published are there that you can look at. And... Um, I'm on Facebook, I think, under Barbara Lund Author, and then Twitter is like Barbara J. Lund, and I think Instagram is Barbara J. Lund. Oh, so you're, okay, I was going to ask you if you're on Instagram. <laughs> I don't okay. post a lot. I'm not really good at Instagram, but I'm trying. I know. I actually, when I first started my first, uh, no, it was my second book, um, I I I was really busy with uh, going to conventions and stuff, and I needed someone to stay at my table, so I got an intern while I went to do panels and stuff. And interns are always college students, <laughs> and they know about technical stuff. And one of them got me onto Instagram. It took me a while for me to understand it for myself. You know, I'm not young. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't post enough author stuff, so I'm working on that. Okay, you, especially if you have indie books, you should start putting that stuff up too. Yeah, I'll usually do like a cover reveal, and I talk a little bit about you know when it, when things go live. So I have a book coming out mid December that's called Dragon Scale Throne, and so that's yeah I've posted that up on. Instagram, I think I put the cover and things like that. I just forget a lot. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to get your stuff across. That's good. 
Yeah. Well, and seriously, honestly, the 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 Writers of the Future book, the volume 37 and 36 too, because we were lucky not well lucky in that we got to meet a lot of the 36 people, and they were unlucky because pandemic. But yeah, some amazing stories. I was just so impressed reading all these stories and thinking of I don't know how I ended up in such a group of talented people. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day for coming on my show. I hope you enjoyed it. So much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.